0: hello everybody and welcome to crunch time i'm your host sam Gatzi and with me today is tanner dislin and we are the dynamic duo so we are no longer the big three for a little bit unfortunately keegan has decided to step away from the podcast for a little bit but we hope and i'm sure you hope that he will be back eventually in the meantime though the next few episodes it'll just be tanner and i with that being said we are going to talk a little nba playoffs and mention a sport that honestly is rarely talked about here on this pod but we thought it was well worth mentioning so make sure you stick around for that we talk about this and so much more on episode 52 of crunch time the nba playoffs i mentioned it in the intro there's been quite a bit of winners and losers on both ends of the playoffs. Tanner, let's get right into it. Who, who's your winner for the playoffs?
1: I tell you what, my first winner, looking at the way that these that this postseason has gone, who what team has the bigger wins and has looked more impressive than the Boston Celtics? And of course, that's on the back of number zero, Jason Tatum. I mean, if there was... Any doubt about this kid? Surely he's erased all of it. He has looked absolutely incredible this postseason. I mean, for the postseason as a whole, he's averaging 28.3 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 6.1 assists. That's basically 28-6-6. Six, and six. An absolute beast. But that is just the playoffs as a whole. Let's look at what he did against the defending champs in the series that we labeled as the best of the second round and kind of the, the hump that Boston would have had to get, to get over to make it to the finals, of course, because this Milwaukee team was a popular pick. All he did was average 27.6 points per game. I mean, the dude was an absolute beast and that's even with kind of a stinker in game three he only had 10 points so you take that out I mean he's got a 23 point game 46 34 30 29 and then 21 in game one but this dude was an absolute beast man and how young he is and how he's doing this so early in his playoff career god I I don't even know what else to say about this kid he has looked so damn Good, and it really looks like he's going to run the league for a while because that, that's just how good he's looked. So, Jason Tatum, you deserve to be a winner of the postseason so far.
0: Yeah, it, it's crazy what he's doing. and It's not like he's playing some no-name dudes. He's playing Giannis, Drew Holiday, one of the best uh defenders, and he's just taking it to him. And Brooklyn. <laughs> he did it against Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, and no. KD. So- he's a – yeah, go,
1: go back to our tier list episode. I mean, those are contenders and favorites right there. He's just completely manhandled by him. Of course, not by himself. You know, Jalen Brown has played well too, but to, I'm focusing on uh, on Jason Tatum, man, and particularly that Game Six performance to actually go and send it into Game Seven. Forty six points. The dude, absolute. Unit 7 for 15 from 3, almost 50% there. 17 for 32 from the field, over 50% there. I I just keep, keep harping on this because he has looked so good. It just gets me real excited for what this guy can do in the future.
0: Yeah, speaking, he's definitely one of the bona fides young superstars in this league. My winner is also in that category. And how can it not be the man... From Dallas, Luka Doncic absolutely putting on a clinic in the playoffs. In the postseason, he's averaging 31 points per game, six assists, 10 boards while shooting 47%. But when it mattered most in game seven against the Phoenix Suns, is where he performed his best best. team in the NBA at that (laughs) 35 points four assists, and 10 boards in just 30 minutes. (laughs) Not not only that, he shot 63% from the field and 55% from three. Just an absolutely dominating uh, game seven for Luka. But is anyone surprised at this point? He's been doing it all year. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's another one, right? I mean, these two guys are the budding stars of our league right now, and Phoenix was one of the best defensive teams all year long. Mikhail Bridges, a, a uh, candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, Jay Crowder, we know what he can do. But he just made them look stupid. I mean, Devin Booker and Luka Doncic expected that to come to a thrilling end, and it just didn't. Luka just dropped the hammer and said, I'm going to dominate this game while Devin Booker was nowhere to be found. It was simply, simply dominant. So, again, these two, man, I just get real excited talking about it because what they're doing at such a young age is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, You briefly touched on the best team in the NBA uh, for um, the Phoenix Suns. Let's show some love to the guys on the east. And that's Jimmy Butler.
1: What do you got here? Yeah, I mean, how can you you can't not talk about Jimmy Butler? He's kind of been doing doing the the Jay, or the Jason Tatum thing. I mean, so far in this postseason, he's been pretty much carrying uh, carrying Miami. And, and you look at the game log, at least last round against Philly, a game where he's got a little extra chip on his shoulder. He goes and the average is 27 and a half a game. 32 to close it out, 23 to send or 23 to get it to that game 6, 40 in game 5, 40 in game 4, 33 in game 3, 22 in game 2. His worst game was game 1 in which the Heat won by 14. So, didn't really need to be on the floor all that much, but this dude again has been doing it all and he had a legendary quote, Sam, you got to did this mean more to Jimmy Butler? As soon as he walks off in Philly, he yells, Tobias Harris over me. Jimmy
0: Butler, I I say, will say this. I'll take it to hell. He is one of the most forgotten superstars in this league, and he plays with that chip on his shoulder night in and night out, and he proves again why he belongs in this conversation. But – now, unfortunately, we are. Before we move have, on,
1: before we move yeah. on, this is the, you know this is where you make your money, Sam. Who would you rather have on the Thunder, Jason Tatum or Luka Doncic? You got to pick one. Who are you going with?
0: I think I'm going to lean towards Luka Doncic. Actually, I think he just brings more to the. T- he can play make and get boards. Not saying Jason Tatum can't do that, but Luka Doncic just does it a little better, in my opinion. So I, I think by the slightest edge, I'm going to pick Luka. What
1: about yeah, you, know, you with the Knicks? Oh, boy. You know, I, I don't think that's a bad take. I do think Luka has a more complete offensive game, but, you know, that's the more, albeit the more important side of the ball. One of the more impressive things about Tatum, which I failed to mention. I mean, what he's doing on the defensive end, too. We talked about it in past episode against Brooklyn at the Nets' funeral when he just locked up their two big-time scorers, and he did it again uh, against Milwaukee. I mean, the dude can really bring it on the defensive end, plus that offensive prowess. Tatum, I think I'm taking Tatum. But, God damn, I would love to have either of those guys. All
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, um, you you briefly mentioned on some of the losers. You mentioned Brooklyn and the funeral we had for them last episode. There's a, there's a new deadly duo uh, in Phoenix.
1: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I will own this one on my chest. In the past episode, I had said Phoenix was going to the NBA finals rather comfortably with the only competitive series being that of the Golden State Warriors. And the series against New Orleans, I wasn't considering that take wrong because they played some games without Devin Booker, and once they got Devin Booker back, they looked like the Suns. But boy, does that look like a really bad take now, (laughs) especially when they go up 2-0 against Dallas that whole meme of Chris Paul and Den Booker smiling in the post game conference <laughs> thinking that this is going to be a cakewalk The Phoenix Suns deserve all the slander in the world and and, and it's not even slander because in order to be slander it has to be false They deserve all of the heat pun intended <laughs> As possible. And I'm going to highlight one. Devin Booker doesn't get off scot-free. That Game 7 performance, they only had 11 points, looked terrible, nowhere to be found, is not forgive. However, he played pretty well in Game 6 and 5. I believe he had a 35-point game in there, another 30-point game. The dude brought it, not in Game 7, which he deserves some heat for that. But Chris Paul, where the hell was Chris Paul? Now – a narrative has emerged that he was injured, which I am inclined to believe because I've never seen this from Chris Paul. And it's Chris Paul. So he's always injured. But <laughs> you look at this series. Game one and game two, he played pretty well. 19 and 28 apiece. I mean, you know, he had eight assists in game two. Is Chris Paul. He's always going to get his assists. But since then, since they went up 2-0 in Phoenix, he averaged nine points a game, 12 in game three, 5 in Game 4, 7 in Game 5, 13 in Game 6, and 10 in Game 7, including, z- including one at halftime, one singular point. Him and Devin Booker combined for more fouls and more turnovers than field goals made because guess how many field goals made they had in the first half? Zero. They had to combine three points, two free throws for Devin Booker, One for Chris Paul, absolutely inexcusable. And as someone who is known for not being able to get it done, this is the absolute dagger through the heart because he was nowhere, absolutely nowhere to be found down the stretch of this series. And Phoenix, it cost Phoenix a series, man. He just wasn't there. And we saw how that ended up.
0: Yeah, it was, it was ugly. For those two, you could throw DeAndre Eaton in there as
1: well. I'm looking I... at this. You averaged 22 in the first round, including a 33, a 28, a 30, and a 22-point game against New Orleans. I mean, I never thought after that first series I'd be standing here talking about where was Chris Paul after the performance he gave in, in, in the first series against New Orleans. Even with that incredible start, he only averaged 17 points this postseason. So that stings. He I had double-digit they... assists in one game <laughs> in this series. I, I mean, game – what was that? Game five, he had 10 assists. No more double-digit assists. Which is crazy. This is Chris Paul. When you think of Chris Paul, you don't
0: think of him scoring. You think of him run that pick and roll and dishing it to D book in the corner for the open three or McCall bridges I mean, on the other corners, 11
1: assists per the season. He averaged yeah. 11 on the season and he only got double digits once in this, in this series, man. I just could go on and on about it. He, it's just, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. I thought it's worth mentioning. I love this, that, um, so, in comparison to some of the stars of the Suns, Luka Doncic had more points than Devin Booker by a solid amount, more rebounds than seven-footer DeAndre Ayton, more assists than Assist God himself, or so we thought, Chris Paul, and more steals than Defensive Player of the can- Year candidate McCall Bridges. Man, so that's bad.
1: That's <laughs> dominant. That is just <laughs> absolutely dominant from Luka Doncic, and really poor from Phoenix. That yeah. that that hurts. And that dude, I I, I saw some conversations on Twitter. I kind of want to get your take on this. I mean, is this the kind of loss that closes an entire window? Let's look at this realistically, right? They the, they come out. They have this—I mean—dominant regular season performance, far and away the best team in the NBA in regular season. They have an incredibly, uh, have an incredibly old point guard. Let's just call you know, call a space yeah. Spade. He's 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 old and he's only getting older, and he has this narrative now. And we've seen multiple times, even in a son's uniform, where he's just either gets hurt or is not able to close the deal. So you have that weighing on your team, because he was the missing piece that made you a championship contender in the first place. But then you have, Oh yeah. A key part of your core who was not given a max contract in the off season. Now you have to deal with that. First off, is he worth it? Second off, if so, can you fill other holes paying him that? And if not, can you replace him? Like there are moving parts here. And a key player that really is not getting any younger. That is a good point.
0: I think it's tough to say that the door is closed on this team because um, there's still chance they get. Um,
1: yeah. Would you consider
0: it probable? I, I'd say it's probable. Yeah, I think. I mean, how old is Cre- the upper 30s? I know that he's getting, he's getting up there in age.
1: Um, Final guess. 38. 37. Look at him. He's a spring chicken compared to what you're <laughs> thinking. 37 so, years old.
0: And y- you can be the best team in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, that doesn't matter. No, no yeah. So,
1: so, so let, me, let me stage this question differently. After this game seven and series loss, what would you say are their chances that this core, this group, wins an NBA Finals? Impossible, like not going to happen. Unlikely. Semi likely. Some,
0: somewhat likely. I I don't I think it's way out of the picture. Now, but- now before
1: be- before this before this loss, likely. Oh, I thought, yeah, yeah, for, for yeah. sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a loss that doesn't close a window, but damn, does it give it a good thrust downward?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But uh, (laughs) I'm sure you're going to enjoy this next loser of ours. The man
1: from Atlanta, Trey Young. I'll, I'll let
0: you take this one.
1: Yeah, baby. Look, I was so – this one's my bad because I was just so completely distracted with the downfall of the Brooklyn Nets and the sweep of the Brooklyn Nets that I completely failed to mention the horrendous play of another Knicks foe. Of course, that being Trey Young. I mean, in round one against the Heat, he put together this stat line: 15.4 points per game, five rebounds, and six assists. That is absolutely gross. Take a guess what he shot from the field.
0: Oh Lord. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 41%.
1: 32% from the field. He was horrible. 18% from three. Oh, I feel like I feel like oh. he's getting off pretty easy here because this is just insane. You look at the game logs. I mean, they, they lost in five.
0: Oh God, they
1: lost in five. He had a twenty five and a twenty four point game. So, you know, he's doing what Trey Young does the other three games, eight points, nine points and eleven points. He shot 8% from the field. 8% from the field in game 1. 27% from the field in game 4. 17% from the field in game 5. Oh.
0: Wow. He
1: is getting off easy right now.
0: Dude. Trey Young had to be the biggest fan for the Celtics. Because they they let, uh, they covered
1: up his. Soul. I know <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> Everyone was too busy taking the picture on the, on the Nets grave. <laughs> that they just completely forgot <laughs> that Trey Young put together this stinker yeah. of a series. I mean, it's absolutely awful. Two of his games, he combined combined for 49 points and still only averaged 15 for the series on 32%. Wow. Shooter. Really, really bad. I, I assumed it was bad because
0: they lot like I didn't hear like oh Trey Young went off or anything, but I didn't realize it's gonna be that bad.
1: It's bad, it's really bad. Yeah, he got off easy.
0: Dang,
1: bro. That that's actually crazy. Hopefully, in Cancun they're freaking giving him some <laughs> shit because goddamn, does he deserve it?
0: Speaking of guy. Joining everyone in Cancun, Mr. Beard himself, James. But yeah, let us get into James Harden slander. You know I'm
1: here for it. <laughs> yes. If you go back, you can watch when Sam uh, Sam proclaimed James Harden was his favorite player in in the NBA. So so go back and watch that. That that's a good one. <laughs> he gave me the he gave me the bird. That's all right. <laughs> James Harden.
0: Wow um where do I start um game 7 let's start there one let, of let's put it how it is uh one of his worst games in i'd say his career let's let's just go with that and i enjoyed every single minute of it i really did <laughs> nothing brings me more joy than james harden crapping himself on the court just Unbelievably terrible. Surprisingly, uh, I I thought he was the worst performance, but uh, Trey Young
1: uh, definitely <laughs> yeah. topped him there. <laughs> but want to talk about Trey? But Sam, I want to play a little game. So you mentioned just about the poor performances here by James Harden. I'm going to give you two players. Okay, I'm sure you can figure out which one one of them is going to be, but you tell me who had the worst game. Okay. Okay. Player a played 43 minutes, shot four for nine from the field, had 11 points, four rebounds and nine assists. Player B, he played 36 minutes, shot two for four from the field, had five points, eight rebounds, and 13 assists. So to summarize, put it more concisely, we've got player A, 43 minutes. Player B, 36 minutes. Player A, 11 points. Player B, five points. Player A, four rebounds. Player B, eight rebounds. Player A, nine assists. Player B, 13 assists. Player A four for nine from the fight from the field. Player B two for four from the field. Who had the worst game? So,
0: I think I think I'm gonna go with player A. Um, obviously he had more points, but he didn't contribute as much as the
1: other player. Um, I mean, he did. He he played more minutes. He shot a worse percentage. Granted, four for nine, two for four. Not the biggest disparity, yeah. but shot the worst percentage got four less rebounds and four less assists and scored six and scored six more points. is that what player A did. So, as I'm sure you could figure out, player A was James Harden in game six against Miami. Player B was Penn Simmons in game seven against the Atlanta Hawks. May I remind you that this is the game where he got bullied so bad, he forced his way out of Philly and is now actively scared to play basketball. He is scared to play the sport because he got bullied so bad after his performance. And you said, and I completely agree, that he had a better game than James Harden (laughs) did in game six. Just let that sink in for a second. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, when you, when you put it into that perspective, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a,
1: it's an eye-opener, to say the least. Oh, and another thing to, to help 76ers fans sleep at night, James Harden has a player option at the end of this year. If he opts in, you want to take a guess how much money he'll be making from the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh,
0: Lord, how much?
1: Almost $50 million. Oh. And if he signs the Supermax... In Philly, his last year under that contract, he will get paid over $60 million. I think it's in this, it's either 61 or $67 million. Oh wow. Four, that... 11 points, four rebounds, nine assists in 43 minutes, nine shots. That's crazy. Wow. Wow. So,
0: we've talked about these superstars. We talked Trey Young. We talked Chris Paul, D-Book, James Harden. We beat the Nets up pretty bad our last episode. And to be honest... Let, I'm just going to put it how These NBA playoffs have sucked this year. It is something going, what, how, what is going on with the NBA playoffs? Cause it's kind of something we've never seen before. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I mean, I know I haven't been super intrigued by these matchups and when they are the matchups, I want to see like the uh, Celtics <laughs> nets. It's a, Blowout. We see Game Seven. We got Game Seven um, against the Mavs and Suns. Again, another blowout. What? What's the narrative, and how? How does the NBA deal with it? Look,
1: I don't really know how they deal with it, but let's put it into perspective. Can you name me one series that has been that you can label as a good series? You had two. Prime, I didn't even let you answer because I know the answer. The answer is no. <laughs> you, and you had two just absolutely beautiful opportunities for good series in this Celtics, Bucks, and Mavericks Suns game seven. The two winning teams, of course, that being the Mavericks and the Celtics. One by Mavericks won by thirty three. The Celtics won by twenty eight. So some quick math. Tells me that that is 61 points combined. That's over, it's over averaging 30 points per win in game seven. That's really bad from an entertainment standpoint. I mean, I turn these games off, both these games off, and like, the second third quarter i mean it was, yeah. at least in, in the case of maverick Suns, i turned it off in the first quarter it's Already <laughs> yeah. 20 points in the, the first quarter it's insane I, I don't really know how the hell they fix it maybe they can somehow incentivize playing in the regular season i mean obviously brooklyn had a little unique scenario with the whole uh, Kyrie irving thing but Brooklyn is a team, You from from an entertainment standpoint, you'd like to be in it at the end. You want those competing against the best teams. And that hasn't been the case. I mean, it just hasn't. And you, you get these lopsided series in key games that are just not really that fun to watch. So... To put it bluntly and and summarize, I mean, these playoffs have been terrible and the NBA has a problem right now because I'm really not excited to watch any game at the moment. They've been just that underwhelming.
0: Yeah, they've been very underwhelming to say at least. I've watched, I mean, I've kept up with it on Twitter. I've kept up with it on ESPN, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm watching quarter, quarter and a half, and I'm like, oh, uh team's up by 20. Uh, this, is that's <laughs> this is boring. This there, is boring. There's another uh, playoffs that's a lot more entertaining, uh, which we'll touch on later, but I was thinking about this. Like, when you think of great playoff runs in the pretty recent past past ten years, let's say. There has been kind of a certified villain or villainous team, you know? I mean Lakers. I mean that was a little unique situation, but you had LeBron A D and that team. And then you had the Warriors with Katie. Um and then you had LeBron with the Heat and LeBron every this is the first time in years we haven't seen lebron and i honestly think it's taken a little bit away from the nba playoffs just having that guy that everybody wants to be adds a storyline to the playoffs and i think there really isn't a huge like rivalry some might say yeah I mean, you can, yeah
1: and, and, and I think this kind of goes back to what I said before. So far, I think the most unlikable team in the in the playoffs was the Brooklyn Nets that most people yeah. were enjoying their demise. That took all of four games to do that. And then everyone was like, oh, well, okay. And then the games just got worse. Yeah, the games just got worse and people are less invested because that quote-unquote villain that you mentioned <laughs> – isn't there. I mean, the, the current Lakers team would be a perfect villain, right? LeBron has always seemed to be at the forefront of any sort of villain story. The best villain in, baske, in basketball history, I think at least, granted I'm only 23 years old, but was the Heat LeBron. I mean, the entire nation was combined rooting against the Heat, unless you were a Heat fan. Then LeBron, that yeah. segway. Yeah, right. (laughs) And that that segway perfectly into the rise of the Warriors, their dominance, plus adding known cupcake Kevin Durant made them public enemy number one. And LeBron kind of became the savior in that narrative. Right. And then he goes to the Lakers, the you know, the the team that has all the history and you know, the next great player in their franchise history, they trade their entire team for Anthony Davis get start to make a super team. They win in finals early. They were fun to root against too. And you don't have them. You don't have the nets. You don't have a ton of general public interest, especially when your game sevens are being combined, being, being, Settled by a combined 61 points.
0: Yeah. it. I, th- I think that's a perfect bow to that conversation. There are some active NBA uh, playoff games as we are recording. It is with six minutes, 30 seconds left in the first half. The Celtics are up 43 to 32. So Celtics taking care of business. Pretty huge. Um, and then – Second matchup, uh, we have the Warriors versus Mavericks. So, basically, Luka Doncic versus Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. Um, so, that that's a matchup.
1: Praying to God we'll get some good games and maybe a game seven and a good game seven, one that will actually keep our interest for more than a quarter. What do you think? I mean, I I am looking forward to this
0: Warriors-Mavs just to see the continuation of, see if Luka can dominate the way he has been. But again, not, not anything crazy, but something I know you and I are excited for because our teams were eliminated from playoff contention months ago. The NBA draft lottery was
1: tonight. We're back after a one-year hiatus. I am officially back in the lottery group. Uh, it's where I'm comfortable. I'm so glad to be back. And yeah, tonight we we got our results. Well,
0: welcome to the party again, New York. Uh, Woo! Glad to be so, back, baby. So let let's just do a quick run through. Um, not going to dive too deep into this. But 14, the Cleveland Cavs, 13, the Hornets, the 12 uh, with their second pick in the first 14, the OKC Thunder. Thank you, Clippers. Then we have Thank Tanners. You COVID. Yeah, Paul thanks. George don't get COVID. <laughs>
1: thanks.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, uh, you know, just will say it. Say it.
0: Then, number 11, we have Tanner's Knicks. Woo! (laughs) Uh, 10, we have the Wizards. Number 9, we have (laughs) Spurs. 8, Pelicans. 7, Blazers. 6, Pacers. 5, Pistons. 4, Kings. Just didn't get their luck uh, going. Rockets, 3, Thunder. 2, and the... God-forsaken Orlando Magic coming in at number.
1: One. God-forsaken. Those are some big words for the Just, Orlando Magic.
0: Yeah, th- tough. Uh, but it's tough to be a Magic fan. Yeah. <laughs> is that a thing is? And do they have those? <laughs> but so, I mean, that kind of. Any thoughts on this draft? Who, who you liking?
1: Well I think I think a better question is for you. I mean, who are you? Like you you know, you're sitting there with the number 2. Um the only team ahead of you of course is Orlando. Who do you have your eyes on? I know who you don't have your eyes on, but uh, share a little insight. I mean, as someone who's got, you know, in the, in the top 4, what are you looking at? What do you think is a good fit for for the Thunder and and other teams around there?
0: Yeah. So
1: I'm gonna
0: answer the one I do not want um I might get some hate for this uh, I do not want Chet Holgram I think I think he is not NBA he's his talent is NBA ready but his physical attributes are far from it and he got exposed to a team that plays near NBA style pace in the Razor packs. I would be.
1: Gotta get a plug in there the all aboard the Mustbus. got it. You this cannot be a crunch time episode and not shut out the Mustbugs. Okay. <laughs> and so I
0: hope the magic uh, take him. So that, that's just out of yeah, the way. Take that for idea us. out of your head. <laughs> um, and I think the Thunder should get either. Actually, I'm I'm fine with either of the the next two um I prefer Jabari Smith I think he brings a lot to the table um the reason I don't like Paulo as much is he's kind of struggled with injuries um throughout his one year at Duke but I'd be I'd be happy to get him uh if it comes down to it uh Jay Nivey another one I'm looking at I I think he'd fit in uh, at the three spot with the Thunder. Um I don't think I think we float around that small forward power forward yeah, center I area.
1: Say, I don't think you'll take Ivy at two, uh just because yeah. you'll either have Jabari or yeah. um Palo available to you, of course, maybe Shed to your uh much to your happiness there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I think that's uh that's a pretty good take there. I do like Ivy. I know at least for the Knicks, I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell it <laughs> anyway. Uh, Name that's been mocked to them often is Benif Um, He had a pretty good run in March. Uh, he was he your, kind of took uh, over. yeah, bro, because he took over in that TCU game. Big shots, been one big putback dunk um, to to seize momentum for Arizona. I, I think it's a late lottery pick. That's that's a ton of good value. Um, but I can't say I did as much, uh, mocking late in the, um, late in the lottery where there could be a lot of movement, uh, and the less notable names are there, but I know that's the one I've seen a lot. So, so I'm going to keep my eye on, on, on Benedict Matherin here and, and pray he falls down to number 11 for the next. Yeah.
0: That'd, that'd be a steal, honestly, but we will find out who goes where on June 23rd. That will wrap it up for the first half of the episode. We're going to come back after a brief ad from our sponsors. Welcome back from that brief ad. We are going to go somewhere I don't think we have ever gone before in the history in all 51 episodes of Crunch Time. And that is on the ice. The
1: in the goal point. with Godsey. That's <laughs> the best <laughs> oh, I could come up there you with. Go. That's the best I could come <laughs> up with. I'm trying to struggling to come up with a, uh, a hockey term. D. If you got a better one, let us know. Uh, let us know on Twitter. But uh, right now, in the goal with Godsey is the best I've got. Yeah. So
0: so Tanner, your Rangers are still in. Fill us in on uh, how the NHL playoffs have gone so far.
1: Look, I, I, I'm not sure they could be any more different than the NBA playoffs, Grant. We are only one round in. But let's, I'm going I'm to read you the amount of games that all eight series went in round one Panthers Capitals, six. Maple Leafs Lightning, seven. Hurricanes Bruins, seven. Rangers Penguins, seven. Avalanche Predators, four. Wild Blues, six. Flame stars, seven. Oilers, Kings, seven. Eight series, one sweep, five game sevens, and two game sixes. That is electric. And of those five game sevens, you had one, two, three, four. Four of the five were decided by one goal, and two of those four were in overtime, in sudden death overtime. Incredibly tense, incredibly fun to watch, and the exact opposite of what's <laughs> going on in basketball right now.
0: Yeah, this, I mean, as you listeners know, we, we are not the biggest NHL gurus out there. But I'm telling you, even if you have no idea what is going on, turn on the NHL Stanley cup playoffs. It is something you have never seen. It's incredible. There's fights. So that's, that's pretty lit. And a lot of them actually. Um, so if you, if you never watch NHL, I encourage you to do so there, there really isn't anything better to watch. Um, I mean, you have the NBA playoffs, um, there was the Professional Bowling Association Finals last weekend. So if you missed that, I'm sorry. Um, Shout but- out to Pro with the Fro. <laughs> pro with the Fro. But NHL uh, just has been an electric playoffs. Uh, great games. Even if you're not, like I said, even if you're not an avid fan, don't have a favorite team.
1: Turn it on, and I promise you'll be hooked. They're just just—they're just real fun to watch. And I, and I do understand this could be coming from a place of bias. I mean, I am a Rangers fan. They were able to take the round one victory and were one of the games that went into overtime in game seven. So it was about as electric a series as you can get. Um, but it, 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 like you said, man, they're fights. And when you fight, worst comes to worst, you get five minutes in the penalty box. You don't get ejected. You don't. You know, the other team doesn't get to shoot free throws, you know, and the play doesn't stop for 20 minutes as they review it to try and figure out if it's a flagrant one flagrant two, there's none of that BS. You just fight, you get in the penalty box and you play more hockey. It's, it's very weird to say as someone who's played basketball all my life and a basketball, one of my favorite sports right now, I would much rather watch hockey than basketball the way these playoffs are going. It's just, it's just the quality of the product is better right now on the ice
0: yeah absolutely so that's our shameless plug for the nhl show some love to the guys on the ice we're gonna wrap up uh the episode with questions of the episode as per usual first question we got is from dana riley Was a legendary tweet from a sports franchise or player and i'll I'll give a little bit of a background here because people are probably like how did she come up with that (laughs) question i am i'm I'm wondering how she came up with this question so on april 25th the cleveland guardians actually tweeted but truly guardians versus angels have us thinking about our guardian angel tonight and it's a picture of the guardians ball field And it's Harambe silhouette in the background. So that's how she got this uh, idea. But Tanner,
1: let me know. What's your legendary tweet? Uh, Boy, you know, uh, my favorite one, I'm going to say it's not by a a sports franchise, but it's about, it's in response to, I should say, a sports franchise. And it was tweeted from a verified account. It was actually tweeted from Wendy's, a a known, uh, rather harsh, corporation on twitter and they had put out a tweet uh, where they had they said that they were going to be roasting some people and the tampa bay rays decided they wanted to get in on the fun and requested a roast wendy's uh came out with the fire because this was right after the 2020 world series how did that 2020 world series end the dodgers beat the rays in six games, and in that six game, Blake Snell was absolutely dealing. He had not given up a run. I think it was in the fifth or sixth inning, and Kevin Cash, in that highly dependent or highly analytic dependent Rays front office, decided to take out Blake Snell. And that decision got a ton of flack on social media. And deservedly so, because shortly thereafter, Dodgers were able to scratch out a run and they went on to win the World Series. So, this was happening all at about the time the Tampa Bay Rays asked for a roast. The ensuing roast from Wendy's read, That's a great tweet, Rays. I'm surprised you didn't pull the social media manager before they hit send. And that is about as savage as it gets with everything going on. I don't even know if the Rays responded because they were just so flabbergasted that they got roasted so hard, <laughs> but it was awesome. It was awesome. That's awesome.
0: Wendy's was just savage. Bro, you a remember that?
1: Months. Dude, it was just crazy.
0: It's like, just like out of nowhere, just roasting everyone.
1: Everybody, literally everybody. Nobody was safe.
0: Nobody was safe. For me, I'm going to go back to 2010. This brings me a lot of joy. Um, Just what ensued after this tweet. And, of course, as the infamous tweet by Mr. Kevin Durant himself, a.k.a. Cupcake. Now everybody want to play for the Heat and the Lakers. Let's go back to being competitive and going at these peoples, and the rest is history. He uh, joined a team he was actually beating in the playoffs, and won a couple chips with them. Boy, that and
1: aged that aged like a fine whole milk, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely shit. poor. Yeah, I mean, Just... it, 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 and this is when what. Steve Nash and and Dwight Howard were the names that joined the Lakers. Yeah,
0: so it was <laughs> Steve Natt, Yeah, and then the big three in the Heat. On Boy, the was he
1: in for a great surprise, spearheaded by his own damn move. That's hysterical! <laughs> what an absolute clown! Yeah, that is hysterical.
0: That that I lo- I slandered Kevin Durant. I exposed his again.
1: Little... Has to be untrue. Or has to be false. To be slander. Exactly. And it ain't Uh, false. The dude's an absolute (laughs) cupcake and a loser in that age like milk.
0: Uh, That was a great question. Next great question we have is from Ryan Kearney, host of the Roadie on the Horn podcast. They dive into NHL, MLB, a little bit of everything, NFL, big NFL guys over there. So make sure you check that one out. Um, But his question Is who is the best GM in all of sports?
1: Boy, I like this question a lot because there are some good ones out there and it varies from sport to sport. And there, you know, you can really get some good answers here. I'm going to go on the diamond and I am going to choose none other than Billy Bean, of course, the subject behind Moneyball the movie. First off, I feel like that speaks for itself when you are able to have a philosophy of team building so famous and somehow successful that you get the movie made, made for you. But the Oakland A's are one of the least funded teams in the MLB. Uh, it is particularly evident in 2022. This year's ACE team has decided to hit the reset button and tank rather harshly this year. And it, and it has been bad. They traded away everybody. Decided not to resign everybody, and the team sucks. The uh, call is paid to paid. The team sucks. However, with such little funding, the A's have put together a pretty remarkable run. I mean, at least in the past few years. Last year in twenty twenty one, won eighty six games, was right in contention for a playoff spot. Thirty six in the truncated twenty twenty season. 2019, 97, 2018, 97, almost 100 wins again for a dramatically underfunded team. 15 through 17, they ran into a little bit of trouble, didn't uh, didn't play very well. But 12 through 14, again another three straight playoff uh, playoff appearances, winning 94, 96, and 88 games in 12 through 14. And as a franchise, they have some they have some greats. I mean, Ricky Henderson in the 90s and uh, Reggie Jackson uh, ones that come to mind what he is able to do in being Billy Bean with such little funding and creating such productive baseball teams is really damn impressive. So I got to give it to him here. That level of success with that level of, of investment is incredible.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to be pretty good at your job if they make a movie about you, but I am going on the hardwood, and it's pretty relevant uh, tonight, especially with the NBA draft lottery going on. And, of course, that's my guy, Sam Presty of the Oklahoma State Thunder. This man, his nickname should be Mr. Draftman. This dude is incredible. <sighs> the Thunder have a whopping 38 draft picks. Is, is that, that good? Name- over seven years. Is that good? It's it's all right. I mean 17 round first round picks and 21. How seven, many was it? How many was it? 17 first round picks. And How many 21.
1: total? So that's 38. 38, 38 and seven years over five picks per year.
0: Yeah. And reminder for our listeners out there, the NBA draft is only two rounds. It's not yeah. A- it's, it's not
1: insane. the seven rounders in, in the NFL. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, done through a bunch of trades. Uh, some of them controversial. Some of them not. But he, what it, what's going to make him a great GM is going to be what he can do with these thirty-eight, right,
1: minutes. right? Because he's done half of it. He's done the. He's, he's done half. He's gotten,
0: gotten them. Now he's, he's got a execute hit. Them. Now he's got
1: a hit on those picks, right? But it's he, a damn good start. And if, if you fail one year, you average five more the next, so you'll get them next year.
0: <laughs> all, all I ask, Sam to Sam here, don't 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 pick, don't pick shit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, but. Those are two two great answers. Billy Bean, I, I kind of forgot about him. I can't lie. Um, I mean, it might be because it, it's the Athletics, kind of a forgotten franchise in the MLB. Um, yeah. But uh, last question we got here from Matt RollDaddyRolek, would Calvin Johnson be the best wide receiver if he didn't play for the Detroit Lions?
1: Yeah boy th- this is a very interesting question. Um, I am gonna say no, I don't think he would be the greatest of all time if he didn't play for the Lions um, The Lions are not a good franchise but let's not act like he didn't he didn't play with the franchise's best quarterback i mean calvin johnson played um from 2007 to 2015 matthew stafford was drafted in 2009 so that's two years without matthew stafford the rest of his career was with matthew stafford and that's a pretty good quarterback to be paired with i mean when you look at the other greats your jerry rice's your Randy Mosses, we don't really talk about wins. Like that's not what makes them the greatest wide receiver of all time. Sure, Jerry Rice has those Super Bowl wins, but that's not used in the argument for him. What's used is the production. And even with a quality quarterback, Calvin Johnson just didn't match the production. So all of that wrapped up into one conclusion is no, the Lions didn't keep him from being the greatest of all time. His early retirement kept him from being the greatest of all time.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, you nailed it. I'm in agreement. I think it's no. It's hard to say. I mean, it's uh, obviously a what if, but um, I mean, let's not act like he's not a top 10 wide receiver i mean yeah yeah
1: i know it and i mean right now all time the two guys i mentioned jerry rice Randy moss is there anyone you're absolutely definitively putting over calvin johnson right now other than those two i'm not sure there is i think i, I
0: might throw larry larry fitzgerald in there because of just how sure he's sure dominating. sure like
1: yeah but yeah, you, there's not a lot there's not a did like if someone put Megatron over, over Larry, would you be offended? No. Like no. I'd, I'd be offended if someone two, put a
0: Yeah. Those two, two guys two I'd be
1: absolutely bona fide are, are better than him, and I'm not sure there's one more than that. So
0: yeah. And with that, that will wrap up episode 52 of Crunch Time with the dynamic duo congrats you have made it to the end of the episode so shout out to you meanwhile you can follow us on instagram tiktok and twitter at CrunchTime_Pod. the clock has run out on this episode but we'll see you on the next one on crunch time